we're going to finish a series this morning, The Lord Willing and the Creek Don't Rise, on the way of the successful Christian. I think that's a great series, but you got to, when you step into that one, you got to have something to say about the successful Christian. So that somebody that could pick this up and say, okay, what does that mean that you could get them there? So that's what we want to minister on this morning is the way of the successful Christian. I want to lift up the Lord Jesus this morning. That brings us good news. And the good news is the, good, the bad news is wrong. Hallelujah. And we've all been changed by that. We've all been changed by this gospel. This word has changed your life, whether you know it or acknowledge it, because it's a process and it is, it is changing us and you can't live without it. We are addicted. If you can be addicted to anything, you can be addicted to the word of God. Amen. So I want you, if you would, turn to Proverbs chapter 3. I want to talk about the consequences of pursuit. And I, I, I wrote this down, that our lives in the kingdom, you're like, well, what measures your life? Well, it's love, it's faith, it's, it's this, and that, and the other. But if you wanted to go even above that, you would say, our lives are measured by pursuit. Say pursuit, please. Pursuit. Let's say it again. Pursuit. Our lives are measured by pursuit. Jesus did everything he's going to do. It is finished. He's done. It's not measured by, well, if the Lord would do this for me, or if the Lord would fix that for me, or if he would turn this around. He's done it. He's already done it. It's done. It's done. It's over. So my life now is measured by how fast I want to go. I can go slow, and, and I'll go to heaven. I'm going to heaven, slow or fast, good or bad, up and down, backslid, over the top. My life is measured, though, how I live my life, how what kind of life I have is measured by my pursuit of the things that Jesus has already done. So I would say the word of the Lord is giddy up. <laughs> we can giddy up. We can all stay in the flow and find where the river's taking us. So in Proverbs chapter 3, let's look in verse 13. We looked at this last week, but we're just going to skim over it. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Ah, I thought it was when we got a raise, and I thought it was when I got married, and I thought it was when I had three kids or retired. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. So we can go there fast. I can go to the happy place right now. Because I, pr wisdom is measured by pursuit. The wise man pursues. The fool does not pursue. It's not what do you know and tell me some wise saying and tell me something I didn't know. The wise man is simply measured by the fact that he pursues wisdom. He finds a man or a woman that's got wisdom. He goes to the scriptures and he finds wisdom and that makes him a wise man, a wise woman. The fool, all sorts of degrees and pedigrees and, and, you know, all the things that his accolades, if he doesn't pursue wisdom, he is a fool for all of his knowing and his, his uh, education. For happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. So that's why we're, why we're doing what we're doing. We're, we're, we're pointing everything to the Word of God. Don't follow Michael Billings. Don't follow me. Not, don't follow anybody. Listen, listen, and, and get something, get a, get a pointer, but always go back to the Word of God. 
uh, when women want to counsel, you know, if, if they need help and they're in their marriage or in their, in their whatever, we always, wisdom always points them back to their husband. A lot of churches, they, they say, well, here, listen to me and get this, this and that. So we should always point back to the word of God. So uh, uh, verse 14, for the merchandise, the profit of it is better than the merchandise of silver. So it's better and the gain thereof than fine gold. So we can say happy is the word blessed. And we looked at it last Sunday. It means how blessed, how happy. Verse 15, she is more precious. And then verse 16, excuse me, 15, she is more precious than rubies, wisdom. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. So wisdom is in an orbit all by itself. Amazing that we don't know that in the kingdom. It's amazing that we, we focus on do good, don't do bad. Do good. That's what the kingdom of the church, the Christian church mostly does is, is don't sin. Do the best you can. But the word says that's not the measure of anything. It says the measure of anything is how you pursue wisdom. So it's a fool that pursues gold and silver instead of wisdom. Because there's wisdom. Wisdom gives us gold and silver. Gold and silver gives us something that we can't even hold on to. So it says length of days. So here's the third one. Uh, it's in our right hand. And her, in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. We're talking about wisdom here. Talking about understanding. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. Now, if you don't think that's important, then why do we all want to go to the beach or the mountains or on to see the foliage or, or to see the Grand Canyon? We all want something that brings us to a pleasantness, a peace or whatever. Well, it's impossible. You, you can look at the Grand Canyon, look at the beach and all that, and you can, you can go into your soul rest there, but it does not bring an inside peace. He said there, when you find wisdom, then every problem is solved, every situation is put in its place. There's nothing there that's going to jump out and get you. There's no pit that you might fall into because you have wisdom and understanding and your, your day settles down. Your, your life settles down. Length of days is in her right hand, in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. So the word's saying to pursue wisdom. That's why you're here this morning. You're not here to get a heavenly roll call and say, God, now you know I, I was in church Sunday. And, and except when he hollered, I was getting me a good nap. <laughs> he hollered, woke me up and I had to start over or whatever. Hallelujah. So uh, we're blessed to pursue wisdom. Amen. So I have a question this morning with all this wisdom and understanding. And, and the question is this. What will you do in tough times? If you're pursuing wisdom... There's a reason. It's for now, the good times. But what happens if tough times come? Do you all know tough times always come? Jesus said, tough times are coming. In the world, you're going to have tough times. 
Be of good cheer, but they are going to have some tough times and you will have to overcome the tough times. So turn with me, if you would, in your Bible to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's talk about the successful Christian this morning. The successful Christian can handle tough times. Would you all say that was true? You know, everybody, everybody can get on the Ferris wheel and go around the circle and say, isn't this great? But, but what happens when tough times come? I don't know what it has to do with the Ferris wheel either. So if you're wondering right there. Chapter one, chapter three, excuse me, verse one. The way of the successful Christian. We all want that in our life. It gives you success in your marriage. It gives you success in your money. Lots of people are tore up all day, every day about their money or the lack of it. And no matter how much you get, it seems like in the world you should need, you probably need a little more. Is that, is that right? In the world. You, you, <laughs> we make more than just so many percentages of people. And yet a lot of people that are in that strata are saying, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do. There's just not enough money. And gazillions are living on less. Verse 1, this know also, so after chapter 2, he said, to be continued, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Let's read that part together. That in the last days perilous times shall come. Now this is true. And if it's true, maybe, maybe perilous times are going to come. Well, maybe they're already here. It's kind of hard to measure because we're in the we're in the times. We can't look at it from afar and say, well, that's how it was like a history book. That was this way. But now it's that way. We're in the middle of it. We only know our 40, 60, 80 years that we're in. And uh, maybe perilous times are here. And he goes on and describes that. The Amplified says, but understand this, that in the last days will come perilous times of great stress. And trouble. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. Hard to deal with and hard to bear. So if we're going to deal with perilous times, we need to know how to have success. Because success would include being happy. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Happy in perilous times. Hard times and hard to bear. If you can't handle that, well then you, you're just like a leaf on the river. Up and down, left and right. You just go wherever the tide's going, wherever the stream's going. But a happy man, a happy woman, a person of understanding, they're like a rock in the river. You know the rocks don't move. That rock that's as big as, big as half this room, it doesn't move. It just sits there and the water goes around it. And that's who we are with wisdom. Uh, the passion version, I knew you'd ask for it, so I went ahead and looked it up. You need to be aware that in the final days, so not just the last days, but the final days, the culture of society will sink so low into degradation that it will be extremely difficult for the people of God. Well, the passion kind of points to that, that it's a pointed or a directed persecution or hard time, that it's not just all peoples. I can tell you... Most people don't even know we're in hard times because their whole life is hard times. 
They've never come out of it to look back at it. Every day's hard. It just has a different person, a different challenge. Every day's hard. They're, they're very calloused up. They're very uh, acclimated to hard. It's all they know. And there's a real sense of hopelessness on their life. But that's not us. Happy is the man who findeth wisdom. We're having success in the hardest of all times. And we don't even know. We know there's hard times, but if you don't go through them, you, you go around them and over them, it's like, yeah, I read that or I heard that. Hard times are here. Inflation's terrible. The crime rate is terrible. The, the, the whatever, the whatever is terrible. And it's like, oh, I had to hear that on the news because my life is good. Why is it good? Because happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Honor in his right hand, riches, excuse me, long life in his right hand, honor and riches in his left hand. It's what wisdom has. Well, we got both hands. Hallelujah. It's all over us. The last word, the tree of life there, it alludes to security. We're not afraid. The speaker of the house is afraid. And she's got, you know, guards and she's got everything. Whatever you got, you live in the country and don't even lock your door. Do y'all remember the days that we didn't lock our doors? Drove up from the farm in my pickup, crammed it up in park and opened the door and went in. And the next day came out. The keys were in the ignition. You never had to wonder where the keys were. They were in the ignition. Had been there all day and all night. The front door was not locked. Or maybe it was. Maybe the front door was locked. Those were days you go, where are those days? They're still here. But you have, you have to find them in wisdom. You have to put them on. Because they're not just in our flow out there. So uh, the God's Word version says, In the last days there will be violent periods of time. The Living Bible says in the last day it's going to be very difficult to be a Christian. Perhaps we haven't reached that day just yet. It hadn't peaked out, but it's certainly there. The IRSV, no, no, excuse me, the RSV, there will, there will come times of stress. And the Norley, who's ever read the Norley Bible? It says the times will be dangerous. Well, if you turn on the television from the front to the back of the broadcast, it's talking about that. And then if you turn on the Israeli, the Far East, the Middle, the, the Middle East, excuse me, television that reports on the whole Middle East, they're talking about stuff we don't ever get. We're just talking about Philadelphia and L.A. and Chicago, and they're talking about, you know, Baghdad and, and uh, all that stuff, and it's, it's, it's prickly over there. And we don't even know about it. It's like we're in a bubble. For all that we seemingly don't have, you know, we would like to have a, a full building and we'd all like to have uh, $10,000 in our fun account or our mission account or whatever, whatever you think would be great. For all those things that we're still aspiring to, we have a very separated life. 
And sometimes you just got to stop your busy life and just stop and say, Jesus, the life I'm living is awesome. There was this and there was that, but I overcame over that and I came over that. It was, it was a toughie. It was a, it was a lick. But we're on the other side, and if you look at a lot of people, they're still in it. They had trouble like you had trouble or whatever, but they're still in it. And we're like, no, we're, we're looking at something else or something different. Uh, tough times, as I would say, according to this word, that know this also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come, is anything that is a challenge to your faith as a Christian. Because everything that the world's going through is just the world. Did you hear me? They've always have what we have now. They don't even know that we're in perilous times because it's just like all the times they've ever been in. But in the last days, it's going to be pointed towards the church, pointed towards the believer. The world is just, they're just caught up in the, you know, when you flush the commode and it goes round and round. That's, that's their life all the time. Well, maybe I should say the kitchen sink. That'd be better. Hallelujah. It just goes round and round, and that's where they live. Well, you and I don't live there. We go through there, but we don't live there. Amen? So look in verse 2 of this same chapter, chapter 3. For men shall be lovers of them own selves. Well, that could be it. Joe Morris always talks about the selfie stick, doesn't he? Hallelujah. You hear that? Covetous. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Oh, my. We could park there, couldn't we? Unthankful. Oh, I could preach till the dogs come home about the culture that we're in right now that is ungrateful, unthankful, unappreciative, entitled, deserves what other people have for not doing anything. Unholy. Without natural affection, natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Oh, my. This is getting thick. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Now, verse 5 kind of leans into the religious community. Having a form of godliness. The word their form of godliness means behind the mask. So having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So it's witchcraft. Uh, for of this sort, verse 6, are those which creep into houses and leave cap lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with divers lusts. Now we're going somewhere with successful Christian, but we got to go through this. Ever learning. Now this is verse 7. I have a circle of my verse 7. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, family, that's one of the biggest snares in this whole list right here. Is ever learning a, a false sense of pursuit. They're with people that are pursuing, but they, they're just in the crowd. They're just, you know, yeah, I'm with them. I know them. I've read that book. I've listened to that tape or whatever. Ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of, tr of the truth. So they can't apply anything that they're, they're in. Now, uh, let's see where I am here. Uh, and now is Janice, James, well, J&J &J withstood Moses. So do these also resist the truth. 
I want to tell me, Michael, don't resist the truth. That's what I want to talk about this morning. Michael, don't resist the truth. It's going to, it's going to step on your toes. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be embarrassed perhaps or, or be called out because you were pursuing. But don't resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Wow. In what is that? Six verses, seven verses, six verses listed things that we could say, yeah, I've seen that. Maybe grandma didn't know what I was talking about here, but I, definitely I know someone in every one of these categories. I'm not no, but I've, I've seen this represented. And, uh, This is what godless people have, listen, brought to the godly. We just want to live our lives in peace. We just want to serve God. We want to get people born again. You don't know God. You don't know the love of God. You don't know how what wonderful Jesus has brought to you. Let me share it with you. Let me demonstrate it. You got a boo-boo on your arm, on your leg. Let me lay hands on you and you will recover. That's what we want to do. We want to just leave us alone to do something, help us do for you. But no, that, that's not what they want to do. It's the godless bringing their life to the godly. And we need to know, to have success, we have to be able to not only weather this, but to succeed in it. When, when, it's, when it's everywhere's around us, there's a hurricane of evil around us, we're standing in the middle of it saying, isn't God good? In life blessed. I have no troubles. I, you know, we could say, I really, when you go into a, and you see people under debilitating diseases or, or uh, 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 children that are, all these things that we look out there and we go, I turn to her all the time and I say, you know, we don't have any troubles. When you see someone that's really got troubles. And so uh, verse 13 says, uh, yea, and, f and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Excuse me, that's verse 12. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So if you ever get around someone that's deceiving, or if you've ever been someone in a day that's long ago that you, you worked on deception, you just need to know the the all the time, every time outcome of deceiving anybody is that you become deceived. Suddenly, you don't even know you're deceiving them because you just think that's the truth. Well, that's what's in our society right now. And you go, well, we're just going to have to hunker down and be preppers. The, the hard times are coming and we need to dry some beans and get some some uh, uh, apple slices and dehydrate them and and put them under the bed because hard times are coming. Well, I, that's everywhere. I don't know if y'all have ever leaned into that culture, but the preppers are everywhere and they're serious as they can be because they believe this. The only thing is, is they don't have an answer. Jesus has got an answer. And that's not to deny that it's there, but to live above it. And that's what we're doing. We're endeavoring to fill our lives with the peace of God with the wisdom of God, so that we in everything and in all things, we can live above it. 
And in living above it, we can help people out of it. We prosper when, when everything's going down the tubes. We got the peace of God. We got the healing power of God in our lives. When, when pandemic is everywhere. We will never go through a pandemic in River Church. Matter of fact, the next one that's going to be set up, we're going to get, if you want to, we're going to get mobilized and we're going to go deliver the pandemicized in some ways. Anyway, we're going to, anyway, back to that. Verse 9 says, but they shall proceed no further for their folly. shall be manifest unto all men as theirs also was, but thou hast not thou but thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose. We're speaking of us now, our faith, our long suffering, our charity, our patience, persecutions, afflictions which came at me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured. Look, 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 let's read this part together. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Let's read it together. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. That is our testimony. We're not denying that bad times are coming. We're not denying that they're not already here. But we have a, a posture, a countenance, a, a way of rationale that says, but out of them all. Out of pandemics, out of uh, COVID, out of the flu, out of the uh, inflation, whatever, whatever, whatever. Out of them all, the Lord delivered me. This is in the B-I-B-L-E. He said, perilous times are coming. We go, well, dear Lord, if they're coming, what are we doing right now? No, they're here, aren't they? They're, they're here and they're coming. But it doesn't matter because out of them all, the Lord delivered me. So we got to get ourselves in the pursuit of wisdom so that when these things accelerate, if however that comes, we've already been ahead of it. It's not like I was under the waves and had one breath, one little nostril was above the waves and I was able to somehow survive it. No, we're not waiting until it comes and say, how can we survive it? We're going to go into it full fledged, ready to go so that we don't even really have that affect us. But we are the deliverers. That's what we are. We're the life draft for people that don't have a clue. And yeah, they've been sitting around and watching their waddy wat and doing their uh, dooly do and all that they're doing in the world. And you're going to church, you're reading your word, you're discussing it. We're, we're, we're buffeting our bodies. We're casting down imaginations. We're having done all to stand. We're just standing there for and, and they're all just slugging out life, just partying and, and accumulating and everything. But we're not. But yet we're the happy ones. But we will deliver them. Because they will come to themselves. Some of them. And we're going to be there. We're going to be there with a testimony. That's why Deborah, she, she reads a testimony. You may not relate to every one of them. Some of them don't really apply to everybody. But the truth is, and the point is, the Lord delivered them out of them all. These, these things that she's reading about, it's like, this came up and that came up and this was bad, but the Lord delivered us. The end of the testimony is, we got there and we got through it and now we're fine. And that's what the, that's what the point of this whole thing is. 
It's, it's the whole point. Well, I don't like the carpet, and I don't like the, how long he takes, and I don't like the way he says it. I, I get it. I, I go home, and sometimes I don't like it. I, believe me, I get it. I, I'm not always happy about me, so I get it why you wouldn't be happy about me. But we can endure it in order to get to the end of something that's vital. And we're just not particular about how it happens. And do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm certainly not flawless. I know that. And I'm working on me all the time. I really am. You may say it's kind of a slow go, but actually you just don't know what I'm, all that I'm working on. It's more than you know. But, uh, but the point is, is we need each other. And together we are not only going to go through this, we're going to triumph in it. And we already are. Little pandemic, well, maybe we just had a little survival, but we did survive it and dominated it. Even if you got it, even if you had symptoms, or even if you whatever, every one of us learned a lesson through it and said, yeah, this got me this time, but next time, because there will be a next time of some kind. So we're winning. So here's my question again. I'm, I'm sorry, 10 after 12. Change that clock, Barry. I need two hours off of that thing right now. What will you do in tough times? You got to know. Even the preppers know to get the apples on this side of the closet and to put the, the dried plums on this side or whatever, the beans. We need to prep for hard spiritual times. Our culture, American, Brazilian, French, we live in an American culture. It'll all be the same, but we need to know how to prep and get ready. You always have a hard time collecting on insurance that you just didn't get the premium sent in on time. They just, they're so narrow. And we have to pay the premium. And the premium is, is we're doing good. Why, why do more? Why dig deep? Why, why eviscerate things out of our lives that aren't bothering me or anybody else? Ah, because perilous times are coming, and we just don't want to. We just don't want to take a thought. So Ephesians chapter six. I want. I want to start a message this morning. Hallelujah! <laughs> don't laugh too hard now. Ephesians chapter six. I'm asking you the question, and I hope you'll let me ask you: What will you do in tough times? You go, oh, here comes 12 points and 15 answers, and here's 13 different ways to look at it. Nope, it's two. There's two things that you and I, as born-again believers, on fire for God, have his testimony in us that I went through old Billy and the Lord delivered me out of all of it. Everybody in here has got that testimony. Yes. Nobody in here says, you know, I, we just never did survive any of it. Yeah, you did. Two things. Number one, the thing how you're going to, what you're going to do in tough times. Number one, you're going to be strong. Point to yourself with me and say, I will, I will be, strong. be strong. Now that's, get this this morning. Get what I'm going to tell you this morning. The Lord downloaded it to me and I'm going to give it to you. Number one is be strong. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord 
What do you need to weather to be a winner in tough times? Be strong. There's plenty of you. There's plenty of me. There's plenty of what we need that he would deliver us out of all of them. But you're going to have to be strong. This is no time to shrink back. Hebrews says they are, we are not of them that draw back. We're not. And we're not selfish like, well, I, us four and no more. That's what me, me and mom are going to do. We're, we're like Noah, us four and no more. But no, we're, we're going to, this is what we've been raised up for. We're not that kind of church that just has a crowd of people in the light show, in the fog machine, in the, you know, all those things. I'm not criticizing them. We had a discussion about Joel Osteen the other day. And the reason I like him, I don't listen to him, but the reason I like him is because he reaches a segment of people that I cannot even get them to, they wouldn't listen to one word I had to say. But they'll pop in there early and stay late for Joel. And he'll put a different kind of gospel in them and it changes them and affects them and moves them forward. And we're always for everybody that moves anybody else forward. But, you know, none of those people would come here yet. And I, I don't want to preach what he preaches, but he's got an audience. So what I'm saying is, is we're made for something else. And one thing we're made for is to be strong. I don't know what the end of that is. But if you can cast out devils, they'll notice you when they got devils. When you can fix their situation, the wisdom of God in you, you just know what to do. You just know what to do. You just like, okay, I know what to do. I'm 69, almost 70. I know more now than I've ever known in my life. That's why I have to stay strong. Because there's things in me that, that I've never known. And a lot of people don't, I don't say not everybody, but I, I'm like you. There's a wellspring of wealth inside of me. And it, we hadn't tapped it yet, but we're working on it. You haven't been tapped yet, but we're getting full so that in the end times, these perilous times, you'll know what to do. We won't need a second opinion from another doctor. We'll just lay hands on it. We, we won't know how, we won't have to wonder how we're going to pay that bill. We'll just take care of it. What's that worth? Well, there's not much glory. There's not much uh, excitement. Ah, oh, we, we, we danced before the Lord for two hours this morning. I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying that's just not our focus because you can't do everything. So we're doing what the Lord called us to do. That's what I believe. The message version says God is strong and he wants you strong. He wants me strong. Say it with me. He wants me strong. God is strong and he wants you strong. He wants me strong. So the thing we're doing when perilous times will come, tough times come, we're going to be strong. Whatever we can't do, whatever that didn't work, whatever just wasn't our deal, we were strong. We may not have prophesied to the wind. I, I don't know what we can't do. Being strong is where you don't, you don't stop. You go to the other side. I go to the other side. I've been going to the other side for a while now. How about you? Everybody else was saying, wow, we got to get out of here. The storm came up. We got to get back to shore. We got to get back where mommy is, where it's, where it's safe. And where, you know, nope, we're going to the other side. He said, go to the other side. We're going to the other side. 
Is it easy? Is it, does it look promising? Does it look like there's an obvious path? Not to anybody. Not to anyone. But he said, boys, get in that boat and go to the other side. And we are that group that's in the boat. So in the end days, you've got to be strong. You've got to say, listen to this. This is, this, this is where I am right now. You've got to say yes to the spirit of faith. I don't know if you've ever been in the spirit of faith. It's, a, it's, it's quite an experience. The time that I was in the spirit of faith was when the Lord said, go to Alabama. And there was no path whatsoever. You might expect me to say, it's when I had stage four cancer and every doctor says, get him out of here. We want some sick people in here instead of this man. Now, I don't have that story. But I could have, and, and everybody I know said, you should have not come to Alabama. And they would have loved it, and I'd love to say, you know, yes, Mama, we got 10,000 people in church every Sunday morning, and then we have to load them out and get another service in here. I'd, I'd love to that, to say the reason I'm in Alabama is because of that. But I have a supernatural track, and in every part of that track, this is what you got. This is what you got to aspire to. In every part of that track, there was a new miracle. There was a new impartation. There was a new path. There was a new person there to finance or to stand for me or to open a door for me. And it went on and on and on. And I was in the spirit of faith when that all happened. Me and her were there, and I'm telling you, there was nothing like it. I go back and review it now. What I did, what we had to do, and I'm like. That's, that's scary as can be. Because if you're not in that realm, it's like you're, you're living in another realm. You've got to say yes to the spirit of faith. We've got to be strong. We're going to be strong so that when troubles come, when perilous times will come, we're strong. We're not like, no blinking. No blinking. Well... Now's not a good time for me to be strong. It's really tough out there. <laughs> this is the time to be strong. Because this is how you get strong enough for the worst that the devil has. I wrote down here that heaven rejoices in faith exploits. And I've been there. And you want to be able to say, I've been there. Everyone in this room and on broadcast, you want to be able to say, I've done faith exploits, not faith things where you just believe God and stood for your healing or for the money to come. Yay, yay, and yay again. But where you just against all odds just didn't not only made it through it, but you were happy the whole time. It's like, ha, we made it another day. We get to go another one. Here we go. And you're just happy about it. It's just, it's not like we gritted and grunted and carried on and somehow persevered. And then we have a, you know, how all these people mistreated us. And yeah, we know all those stories. We're not impressed by any of them. We've all had them. We're talking about when you're happy going through it, that nobody even knows. You tell your story and they just fall over because they had no idea that you were going through that. And you were standing on the rock the whole time. I'm, I'm going to minister a message this morning that you're going to want to remember. To be strong. Everybody needs somebody to lead in faith. Lots of us have been there. And lots of people are out there where they would do more if they just had someone in front of them that was doing more. 
It's like they inspire me, and like if they can do it, I can do it. And and I I, I couldn't lead, but I can sure follow. I can all pull in beside. That's who you are, family. It's we're like how ordinary do you have to be? Than River Church is. We are we are the cross section of everything. Think about it. We're just not that church that's just got all this and their advantage and all their money and their advantage and all their. Nope, we're just as ordinary as can be, I think. And yet, we're the called ones. He said to be strong. People will follow you wherever you're willing to lead. Wherever you're willing, whatever level you come up to and say, I'm going to lead at that level. There is a strata of people that will come in behind you. They may never tell you they're following you, but they're watching, they're listening, and they're inspired. And so when their situation turns, they can do what you did in their own life. And if you didn't do it, they wouldn't even know to do it. Be strong. Be strong. Valor is all about strong men finish strong. Well, how, what do you mean finish strong? Well, we hadn't finished yet, but, but we will because we're strong in the way to go. And River Church, we're strong we hadn't been tested yet, so to speak, except just to show up. That's pretty strong. In this day and age, this is pretty strong. I, I take off my hat to you for just enduring this message, these, this, this, uh, this environment of challenges and just pressing in to say you can do it. That's what we have here is you can do it. And it may not be pretty, but it's, it's absolutely strengthening and girding. And, and, and empowering. So number one, if you want to live strong in strong time, excuse me, if you want to be successful in hard times, you got to be strong. Flinching is everywhere. It's everywhere. Matter of fact, almost all churches, or I, I, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, I'm just saying that, that religious segment, they're mostly all about what to do when strong uh, hard times come. It's, it's how to get under the rock, how to get under a, uh, in a closet, how to, how to manage your trouble. Uh, we, we're not managing anything. We're dominating it because we're strong. Well, I don't feel strong. It'll be there when you, if, if you are in pursuit of wisdom, if you're in pursuit, wisdom will tell you to be strong and your strength will carry you through. And the testimony that you have, and I got a lot of testimonies. How about you? We got testimonies. We got like, I was in the middle of it, and the Lord delivered me out of it all. We all have a story. If you would write them down, if you would write them down as you went, then your little book of testimonies, you'd be inspired to the max. I go back and look in mine every once in a while and go, that's right. Forgot about that. You get to thinking, well, the Lord hadn't done anything for me. And you get in your testimony book and you're like, wow, look what the Lord hath done. So we got to say, are you strong? You, only you'll know that. You'll have to say, you know, I'm not as strong as I should be or as I want to be. So I'm going to giddy up. So it means more than just church on Sunday morning. Y'all say amen. It means more than just church on Sunday morning and Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. And we have valor and we have other things. It means, it means it's going to take some of this. It's going, to mean, it's going to mean that when you go into trouble, 
You stand, and having done all to stand, you just stand there for, bless God, I'm strong, and I win here, now, or later, or now, or over there, but I win. I'm a winner, I have won, therefore I'm standing in the victory. And then when that's over, <laughs> it takes something a lot bigger to even affect you. You, you go up a level, you, you take on ground. Boy, that was good. I'm going to get the tape. Hallelujah. Number two. I told you there's just two. There's just two. What will you do in tough times? What will ensure that no matter what comes, and we go back to 2 Timothy 3, and you'll say, that's a, that's a heaping mouthful of stuff that could come, that has come, is coming, and will come. What will you do in tough times? Number two, be wise. Be strong. Be wise. Now, you may like that little thing. Oh, that's good. I'm going to be wise. But when I tell you what it means, you may not be so happy. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, Hebrews chapter 6. To be successful as a Christian, you must be wise. You must be strong and you must be wise. Second, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 6. It's in there somewhere. Keep looking. Excuse me, chapter 12, verse 6. There we go. Now, I believe I'm preaching to the choir. I love the choir. So don't think that I'm up here saying, well, you don't have nothing. You're, you're nobody and you don't have, know anything. That's not it at all. I'm reinforcing what's already in you. I'm validating what you already know. I, I'm, I'm agreeing with what you've already had churning around in here saying, you know, this is what I should be doing. This is what's going to help me. I'm just validating it for you. It says in chapter 12, verse 6, it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. I told you, you might not like it. And scourges every son whom he receiveth. Now, you got to know what those words mean because the King James is a little tough. But chasteneth means to educate, to train, to instruct. It doesn't mean whip with a a cane pole. Chasteneth means that you come under tutelage, instruction, and training, and, dis and discipline. So, for whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Oh my, does that mean, oh, oh my, does it mean that he doesn't receive every son? There's something there about... Entering into the, what, what do you call it in high school? The AP classes where you, you, you're in the, the, the smart boys and girls and it gives you college credit. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah, college prep. Yeah. Everybody's going to heaven. But not everybody's going to sign up to be a disciple that serves the Lord in the Lord's army down here. They should. We're equipped. We're called. But not everybody. So let's, let, we, we won't talk about that. Verse 7, if ye endure, the word is to stay under, if ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. Now, fathers, you know what, when you have a son at home, you don't ask him, is this a good time, son, for me to talk to you? Are you feeling okay? Have you had breakfast, had a good nap? We're going to, I'd like to talk to you about a few things. Get your tail in here. I got some things to tell you. Excuse me, I didn't mean to use that bad word there, but 
Get yourself in here. That's what I meant to say. Deal with you as sons, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? So this just tells you what the Lord wants to do as a father. He wants to instruct us. It's so important that there's a dividing line whether he can send you out, not that you're not a son or a daughter, but that he can't send you out to represent him until you are chastened, instructed, tutored, trained, and taught. But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Bastards just mean illegitimate. You've gone through some motions. You've signed up for some things. But then when you got into the course, when you got into the life, when you got into the culture of the Lord, you didn't like it and you bailed. You may not have told him, I'm not going to be a Christian. You just acted like someone that didn't want to be a Christian. A Christian atheist is someone that says they're a Christian but acts like an atheist. Anyway, that's, let's go back to Proverbs 23. Enough of that. That's not really us. We're just, we're just laying the foundation work in case there's some poor soul online that didn't know what that meant. Y'all get happy now. We're, we're over the hump here. What will you do in tough times? You'll be wise. We're going to be wise. It's the way of the successful Christian. Be strong, be wise. If you're strong and wise, everything else is included. It says in Proverbs chapter 23, look in verse 12. It says, apply thine ear, apply thine ear unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. Apply thy, excuse me, apply thine heart unto instruction and thine ears to the words of knowledge. In the passion, where am I here? Verse 12. Am I in 23:12? Yes, I am. Okay. I'll read the passion. It'll, it'll clear up. Pay close attention to the teaching that corrects you and open your heart to every word of instruction. The Lord's telling you and I to get teachable. You go, well, I am teachable. Yes, way more teachable than we all used to be. We're doing better. We're more open. We're, it didn't bite us. It didn't kill us. It didn't put us under the bus to be taught. Our pride was not assaulted. Our manhood was not undermined. If someone told us something that we didn't know. That's where the world is. They do not want to be taught. So if you want to be successful, you have to be wise. And the qualification for being wise is to be instructed to welcome correction. Uh, the living says, don't refuse to accept criticism. Get all the help you can. We're craving it. Tell me something. Tell me something. I'm going to church. I'm going to the Word. I'm going to be with a friend. And I'm listening to instruction. Lord, how are you going to use this person, this preacher, this, this scripture? How are you? I'm looking. I'm in pursuit of instruction. I am, you know, when your pocket knife men or kitchen knife ladies, whatever, when it just doesn't cut it, you take out that old tool that's got the two little bars in it and you start sawing that thing down. And then that thing is ready to go. It's sharp. It was always a knife, but now it can do what a knife should do. 
and you've always had instruction, you've always known what to do in limited sense, but sometimes we mash it. We don't really know, and so we don't give ourselves to, to a, a commitment because we really don't know which way it could go, and so we kind of ease in instead of going in and taking charge. Wisdom takes charge. Wisdom knows what to do. Wisdom is wisdom because it looks for wisdom. It's looking for someone, anyone that by the anointing of Holy Ghost will tell you what you will need to know. It's different things to different people at different times, but it's what you're going to need. So we write it down. I got books and notes. Do you? It's like, what's that? Who looks back at them? Ah, but in the writing of them down, it's written on our heart. Wow, writing them down is more than just seeing it with your eyes and, and, and rehearsing it to your heart. It's writing it down, puts it indelibly in there. There's something to recover when you write it down. I don't really know how that works, but that is how it works. And so we write it down. What somebody said. I have notes in my Bible. You got notes in your Bible? And so when Joe Morris comes or I get in a meeting with him, he says, go to this scripture, go to that scripture. I already have the notes of everything that he's going to say, don't you? <coughs> I have notes from everywhere all over. And when I get a new Bible, which is every 12 or 15 years or so, I, I, I take care of my word. But I go through and I, uh, Debbie always just said, no, nope, we're not going to transfer anything over because everything's got to be fresh and new. I didn't trust that. I wrote everything down. It took me a day and a half, and I go through in every scripture that has a, a footnote or a note or an underline, I would do it again into my new Bible. And then I take my old Bible. It's in a case just like this, and I travel with it. But I don't travel with this Bible because I don't want to ever lose it. It's just, it's just my best friend. I love you, babe. But turn to... Proverbs 24, slip back to 24. Slip forward to 24. 24, uh, let's go to verse 7. I'm going to get through this. Just two things, so it shouldn't take him long. Wisdom is too high for a fool. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 24, 7. Oh, where is that? I wrote down the wrong scripture. Well, I'll just tell you what it, what, what it is, wherever it is. The Amplified says, put things, put first things first. Where could that be? 17? No. 27? Ah, it's 27. Yeah, it's 27. There you go. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterward and afterward and afterward build thine house. Prepare thy work, thy ministry, thy heart, the foundation of your life. Prepare thy work and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterward. The point being here, the key is the word afterward. Afterward, build thine house. We're talking about wisdom. You need two things to be successful as a Christian. You need two things to endure and to dominate perilous times. And one of them in the wisdom is that you are teachable. You crave instruction. You sit at the feet of others and you turn an ear to anybody you're with. 
Anybody you're with, because I tell you, the donkey can sometimes give you instructions. You tune it in, say, Lord, is there something this man's fixing to say that I need to hear? Maybe not now, but someday. And the second thing we do is priority. We put things in order. Wisdom puts things in order. Nobody ever said that a phone number is just 10 numbers. Dial them any way you want to. Order is essential. The law of the first, God says, there's a lot of things I want you to do, but when and in the order that you do them is essential. Matthew 6.33, what does it say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing, his way of business, his way of operation and administration, and all these things. So in the sentence there, you go up to, uh, to verse 30 and 31, and where the Lord Jesus said, in all these things that you need, the Gentiles, they're after them. He said, I know you need them. You're not asking for them, but I know you need a car. You need a house. You need nice clothes. Seek first the kingdom. The world's going after the things. The carnal Christian's going after the things. The unwise Christian is going after other things. Ah, we got to take care of this. We got to pay off our car. We got to pay off our house. Uh, we got we to gotta set up a college fund. Well, amen. amen. We, that's all good. I've got those things. I've got all those things. But I got them from seeking first the kingdom. I didn't ever mention, this is number one, Lord. I got to pay this off and pay that off. And it all got paid off. So he says, uh, in uh, the Amplified says, put first things first, prepare your work outside and get it ready for yourself in the field, and afterward, build your house and establish a home. That's the only scripture I could find that, besides Matthew 6 that talked about it. But the law of the first is, is, is powerful. You bring your tithe first. It's in here somewhere. Well, if you wait till the end of the month to find your tithe, it will never, ever, ever, ever be there. It's a guarantee. It won't be there. But if you put it first, it'll always be there. Oh, I didn't have enough money this month to pay my tithe. Oh, you got paid on Monday and you did something between then and Tuesday. And it wasn't pay your tithe. Now, God doesn't care. But it's wisdom to put him first because then he's enabled. It's not that he's got an attitude like, well, if you're not going to put me first, I'm not putting you first. It's just the law of the kingdom. It's the order. It's the divine order of the kingdom that when we do, he can when we do, he can. And he will. He, he's beholden to the law of the first. Be strong. Be wise. Be strong even when you don't really need to be strong. Be stronger than you need to be. Because there's a time coming where you will need to be. And you can't just, you know, turn it on. You've got to already have it in tow. And be wise. The real point there is pursue wisdom. Pursue. I'm after it. I'm looking for it. What are you looking for? Well, I'm looking a new way to do this and do that. Nope. I'm looking of how to have wisdom. You want to be a successful Christian, even if hard times come? Dedicate yourself to strength. What does that mean? Well, it could mean in the, in the physical realm that you go to the gym and you run and you do all those things that people do. Other people do. <laughs> Don't be sending me notes saying you ought to also. I know I ought to also. 
And I do some. It may not look like it or feel like it, but I, I'm out there somewhat. But it's far from my first priority. What do you think would strengthen you? Some people read a scripture every day and they memorize it. Some people read through the Bible, a chapter or two or six every day. It strengthens them. Some people listen or, or read a devotional, whatever. Whatever strengthens you, put it in your life. Take communion. You ought to take communion. Communion will strengthen you because it goes over the covenant. It establishes the covenant. So be strong and then be wise. I decree and declare that River Church not only will go through perilous times, but we will be the leader through perilous times. And we'll take many with us. Nothing is more powerful than being a deliverer. We all want to help somebody get past what's snaring them. We all do. So if we're empowered to do it, we'll be happy all the time. Amen. So I bless you, River Church, in the name of Jesus, that you are empowered to follow the wisdom of God in His design for your life, your ministry, your family, your business, and the things that He's called you to do that are unique and precious. And that you will put this message on this morning and you will hide it in your heart and let it instruct you in the days ahead until a routine, a habit, a way of life can be developed for strength to be added on a continual basis. And that you will abhor and disdain weakness. You will see it in others and say, I must guard against that. You will see it in your own life and say, I will not let that be a part of my future. And that wisdom starts to gravitate towards you. You, you, you will pick up things because you've got a pen in your hand and a paper in your hand and you've got a heart that's ready to hear. And it'll flow to you like you've never imagined. You will know things that you didn't know could be known so that you can do things that you didn't know could be done. In Jesus' name, we aspire to be in our place in the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of grace. In Jesus' name, we say amen. 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 Woohoo! Got out before 1 o'clock this